The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Steve Eglash, who is the Executive Director of Strategic Research Initiatives in the Computer Science Department at Stanford University. Hi, Steve. Thank you, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ron and Kathleen. Yeah, thanks, Steve. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Stanford. I'm a staff member in the Computer Science Department at Stanford, where I'm responsible for a small group that works with faculty and companies to develop and run research programs. It's really part of the innovation process. Companies share their real-world insights with faculty and students, and faculty and students share their innovations with companies. You won't be surprised to hear that recently, we've been focusing on machine learning, artificial intelligence, and data science. These technologies are impacting virtually every industry and every part of society. So there are lots of opportunities for engagement between Stanford's researchers and industry, government, and civil society. Personally, I'm an electrical engineer, and I've spent my career working at the intersection of science and technology and business. Along the way, I've worked in research, large and small companies, venture capital, government, and now academia. Great. Well, that's a great background. I know that a lot of our audience is definitely going to be very interested in hearing from you about your experience. And one of these things that we have spent a lot of our time talking about on the podcast and in our research and in our newsletters and much of our research is that AI systems are increasingly being used by organizations of all types for applications that require accurate and error-free performance. You know, people love the idea of machines doing repeatable tasks in predictable ways, right? And neural networks and deep learning in particular is for a lot of these tasks, a black box technology, meaning that we don't really know how the system comes to the answers or the predictions that it makes. So can you tell us more about what researchers at Stanford are doing to help provide a look inside the black box of AI? You're right about AI systems being used for applications that require accurate and error-free performance. We refer to these as mission-critical applications, and they include things like autonomous vehicles, controlling massive chemical manufacturing or energy generation plants, and financial transactions. Mistakes in these systems can result in loss of life or hundreds of millions of dollars of damage. These systems are often based on neural networks, but neural networks are like black boxes. They operate on an input and generate an output, but their inner workings are opaque. Recently, researchers have turned their attention to providing more understanding and intuition about neural networks. Let's take a look at two examples. The first example is about verification. The goal here is to prove rigorous properties of neural networks, that is, properties that are mathematically true. The problem is that practical neural networks are too large to test exhaustively by running simulations. Professors Clark Barrett, David Dill, Michael Kokenderfer, and their students developed a new algorithm for error-checking neural networks that they call ReluPlex. In a paper by Katz and coworkers, they describe how ReluPlex combines linear programming and SMT solving techniques. The neural network is encoded as a set of linear arithmetic constraints. Their key insight is to avoid checking paths that mathematically can never occur, leading to much more efficient testing. ReluPlex can test much larger neural networks than was previously possible. The uses include proving properties of networks over a range of inputs and measuring formal adversarial 
robustness. In one example, Reluplex was used to test ACAS-XU. That's an airborne collision avoidance system for drones. The researchers tested the system against specific scenarios, like a drone approaching from the left or the right, or above or below. In some cases, they proved the system would work as intended, and in others, they identified a counterexample, which was corrected in a subsequent network. The second example of understanding neural networks that I want to share with you is about interpretability. Pang Wei Ko and Professor Percy Leong wanted to know, given a high-accuracy black box model and a prediction from it, is it possible to determine why the model made that prediction? Their approach is to identify the training data points most responsible for a given prediction using what are called influence functions calculated using gradients. To see how this works, let's consider an application in computer vision where a neural network has been trained to identify objects in images. Imagine a picture of a dog at the beach. If the pixels corresponding to the dog in the image are most responsible for activating the part of the neural network that corresponds to dog, then the model's acting reasonably. On the other hand, if the pixels corresponding to some other part of the image, like the sand or the waves or the sky, are responsible for the identification dog, then the system might be brittle and unreliable. Okay, great. Sounds like they're doing a lot. So, you know, we definitely want to keep an eye on all this research coming out of there. I know that the researchers at Stanford are also working to find and remove bias from data, which isn't always easy to spot and identify. We've talked a lot about that on podcasts and in our research as well. So can you provide some examples of how these researchers are going about trying to solve this problem and then maybe give some interesting examples of bias that was found in the data that they analyzed? Bias in AI systems is a big concern, particularly as AI systems are used more widely throughout society, government, and business to answer questions like who will get a loan or health insurance or admission to a university. Professors James Zhao and Londa Scheibinger, in a recent paper in Nature, described how bias can result from two sources. The first is biased training data, where some groups may be over- or underrepresented. The cure is to investigate how training data is curated. The second source is the algorithms themselves. A typical machine learning program tries to maximize the overall prediction accuracy for the training data, resulting in algorithms that are biased in favor of larger groups. The cure is to investigate how bias is propagated and amplified in machine learning algorithms. James Zhao and his students studied gender bias using word embeddings. As you know, words can be represented by vectors in a high-dimensional space. In this paper, Balak Basi and co-workers studied word pairs. For example, man is to king as woman is to what? Any child can answer that question. Man is to king as woman is to queen. These researchers studied these word pairs using the word-to-vec model trained using the Google News Corpus. At first, we might think that because the Google News Corpus is a large and diverse database, it ought to be free of bias. But on a moment's reflection, we realize that the Google News Corpus will reflect society's biases, and that's exactly what these researchers found. Some other word pairings were fine, such as he is to brother, as she is to sister. But other word pairings displayed gender bias. For example, this algorithm and data set produced he is to doctor, as she is to nurse, and he is to computer programmer, as she is to homemaker. The point is that societal bias 
will be propagated in AI systems unless steps are taken to identify and remove bias. Doing this requires that we make subjective decisions based on our societal values. Mm -hmm. Professor Percy Leong and his students have taken this further and studied how to achieve fairness without demographics. In this work, Hashimoto et al. developed an approach based on what's called distributionally robust optimization, which minimizes the loss over all groups, large and small. In other related work, Professor Omer Reingold and his students are developing mathematically rigorous definitions for concepts like fairness and equity. For example, Kim et al. are developing algorithms that assure that similar people are treated similarly. Well, that's great. I know that's bias is a significant issue, not just because of issues of cultural fairness, as you mentioned before. You don't want uh, systems that are going to be automating things to be automating the unfairness in our society, but also because bias is important for things like insurance and for other situations when sometimes some of that bias is necessary. For example, obviously only women are capable of, of ha- getting pregnant and having the costs associated with pregnancy. But at the same time, there are things that are not relevant. And so the algorithms need to be trained appropriately. So definitely appreciate the work that's being done here to apply that in a relevant way. One of the other things is that, especially for some of these autonomous systems, we know that it's important to assure that these autonomous systems, whether they're robots or autonomous vehicles, that they're safe. We spent a lot of our time this past year looking at some notable incidents where we've had autonomous vehicles in fatal and other accidents. And I know that a lot of people are looking at it, including legislators and rules makers across the board. But it hasn't stopped the industry. The industry is powering ahead. (laughs) Both Uber and Google and Waymo are in business right now and Tesla as well. So they're all pursuing their autonomous vehicle businesses. So, you know, we've we really had an in-depth podcast after the first autonomous Uber struck and killed a pedestrian going over all the various possible reasons and issues and who could be at fault and who has liability here. So, you know, as these autonomous vehicles start to be more increasingly on the road, the explainability for these when these incidents will hit the court systems and just in general are going to become much more important, much more paramount. So, can you talk to us about some of the research being done here in this industry and you know how quickly this is progressing. Explainability and the related topic of audit ability are critically important. We need explainable systems that can describe the data, scenarios, and assumptions that led to a given recommendation. Explainability enables better decisions, better models, discovery, trust, and oversight. We also need to be able to audit AI systems to determine what their state was when they made a particular decision. This is important for your example of analysis of an accident. It's also important for things like loan applications, healthcare, and other applications where the reasoning behind a recommendation or decision is as important as the recommendation or decision itself. This is also relevant to the interaction between humans and their AI systems. For example, intelligent vehicles have to make trade-offs between performance and safety. We can imagine these decisions being made as part of a conversation between the AI system and the human in the vehicle. Researchers are taking various approaches to doing this. Research like the work of Ko and Leong that we discussed earlier is developing one technique for explainable AI. Some other researchers are combining regression techniques, which are inherently more understandable, with deep learning models. And yet others are probing deep learning systems empirically, determining the characteristics of the answers. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, we've talked about some of the alarming things that can happen with AI when there's bias that can just have a trickle down effect. And also with autonomous vehicles, how 
they're you know, we need explainability within these systems. And there are a lot of high profile people who are sounding the alarm bell about AI. What are your thoughts on this? The AI technologies we've been discussing have the potential to do significant good and significant harm. I'm thinking here about machine learning and neural networks and autonomous systems like intelligent vehicles and robots. If society gets this right, then these are powerful tools that can be used for all kinds of social good and value creation. They can help with discovery and understanding. They can help us to make better decisions. They can protect us from dangerous or boring tasks. So how can society get this right? Technologies like verifiable and explainable AI can help by enabling safe and reliable AI systems. But that's not enough. These technologies need to be implemented with technical care, social awareness, and integrity. It's also clear that autonomous systems will lead to many jobs being eliminated and others being created. As a matter of integrity and decency, society needs to provide training for people who can make the transition and a decent life for people who are unable to learn a new skill. Fortunately, our society is more than wealthy enough to do this. Representative Ro Khanna in the U.S. House of Representatives just published an opinion piece in the New York Times discussing new jobs created by the digital revolution and the potential to bring those jobs to rural and non-coastal communities in the U.S. Yeah, I think that's something that we've spent a lot of our time looking at, the societal impact of AI and machine learning and all these technologies as we're making machines more intelligent that obviously has implications on humans who are, we used to have the sole domain for intelligence among all the animals and all the machines in the world. So that's uh, definitely causing some shifts, but that's what happens. Technology just continues to progress as technology does. As a final note, you know, what do you believe is the future of artificial intelligence in general and its application to corporations and beyond? I believe the future is augmented and assistive AI. That is AI systems that help and support human decision-making rather than fully autonomous systems. I see AI as a tool qualitatively similar to other intelligent tools. It's helpful to remember that these are immature technologies. We're in the midst of rapid technological development. Society is still figuring out how to adopt and incorporate these technologies. Humans are still developing their understanding and mental models for these technologies. Yeah, that's great. We definitely talk about augmented intelligence a lot here. and We think that's a great first step. It's a really useful way, I think, for everybody to kind of wrap their head around artificial intelligence and start embracing it because it's meant to be more assisted than replacing humans. And I think that corporations and then workers at those corporations really embrace it. So I'm happy to hear that you think that as well. Yeah. So Steve, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. You were amazing and awesome guest, obviously very well thought through the answers. And it was great that you really put a lot of thought into it. So we really appreciate you joining us uh, here on AI Today. You're welcome. Thank you both. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. And listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, as well as some of the research pieces that are available that Steve referenced. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. 
For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.